Welcome to The Howler. Your look at the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now here are your hosts, Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton. Welcome back. Another week, another edition of The Howler. Presented by Pack TV, Ethan Berry. Thomas Overton is with me once again. Thomas, how's it going? Going pretty well, Ethan. Uh, you can almost feel fall in the air. Finally. Not quite, but hopefully by the end of this week. It's getting better, though, much better. It's getting better. It was pretty humid today, but, uh, you know, I guess it's getting better. That's the At least it's not 95 out anymore. That's right. <coughs> NC State beat Boston College last week, 28-23. Moved up to uh, number 20 in the AP poll. Um, I'm pretty sure I ranted about Colorado being ahead of NC State last week. You did. It's still hap- They're still ahead of NC State. They so at least beat I – mean, I don't know how good they At least they beat State somebody is, who's so won a game this year. Right, right? a Power 5 team. So. Yeah. But, um, you know, whatever. I, I don't like rooting against random teams like that, but I hope they lose to USC just so people forget about them, just because their record is so inflated. But um, – but whatever. NC State uh, beat Boston College, as I said. It was a pretty dominant first half, Thomas. Uh, there were two t- two turnovers, or were there three in the first half? I think just the two interceptions in the first half. Well, the, f- oh, the, 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 the fumble, so that would be three. That's right. The punt return fumble by Thayer yeah. Thomas was the third. I think So the three turnovers right. in the first half? Three to nothing in the first half. Um, yeah. I, I mean, mean – yeah. Just, let's just start. What were your thoughts on the first half in general? I mean, State's defense was absolutely dominant there in the first half, and the offense was really able to move the ball well. Um, you know, you really like the halftime scores, 21-3, to three, especially even with the turnovers. Yeah. I looked at the score and was like, State's down on the turnovers, 3-0, and they're winning by more than two touchdowns. That's, that's pretty great for a conference game. That was as dominant as a half as I've seen NC State play in a long time. A very long time. Especially against, like, a formidable opponent, too. Right, right. Not just against, like, Georgia State or whatever. All due respect to Georgia State. Boston College is legit. I know they didn't have A.J. Dillon, but their backup running back was no slouch. Right. Now, I mean, let's be clear. A.J. Dillon is, like, one of the best in the country. The backup is a he's a, he's a good running back, right? So, big difference. But at the same time, Boston College still wanted to come out run the ball. And they did have some nice runs, but otherwise, NC State just absolutely dominated. Yeah, State's defensive line played their best game of the season by far, especially from the run defense perspective. Um, Only 120 yards total for Boston College rushing, and 21 of those were from the quarterback. So you think the running backs were held under 100 yards for a team that normally goes goes close to 300 yards? That's super superb. Yeah, and uh, I thought Jermaine Pratt was dominant. The whole game, not just the first half. But, um, yeah, dominant first half. Second half, I'll be honest with you, I thought State, when State came out of halftime, the first drive, the te- it was like a 10-minute drive. State looked bored to me. I said it right then. I was like, wow, they look bored out there. Like, this is just too easy. And they went down, kicked, had a field goal blocked. Right. I don't know if you saw that, but somebody didn't block somebody. No. And no. Chris Dunn did not have a chance. But, um, you know, when was the last time you saw a 19-yard field goal missed? Well, I was about to say, when was the last time you saw a 10-minute drive end up in zero points? Yeah. That seems was like crazy. that happens sometimes, though. Yeah. But, I mean, I went back and watched that play, and it seemed to me like the offensive lineman looked, 
I can't, I couldn't tell who the, who it was based on the camera angle, but it looked to me like they were not like I don't know if they were just surprised that the, that that guy rushed. It looked to me like they were just standing there, like they were just sitting there waiting for somebody to block, and then the BC guy realized that nobody was blocking him and just ran right through. So, um, but that I mean that's not really a big deal to me. Should be an easy fix, you know. I didn't have a problem with kicking a field goal there up twenty-one to three. No, your odds of missing a nineteen-yard field goal are really, really low. Just so happens that you missed, um, and it gave BC some some momentum, which is what you want would want to avoid with going for it on fourth down. Uh, but it, that didn't really matter. State got the ball back and went down and scored. And at that point, it was twenty-eight to three, and then things went went crazy. <laughs> I yeah. I I mean, I, I'll start with this. I'm not concerned. No, no. Are you? I mean, no. You don't have any concerns. I mean, I thought something like that. I mean, something like that definitely happens to I think every team throughout at least yeah. one season, and it just so happened that this weekend was State's turn, being up twenty-eight to three, and. But are Boston. you concerned about the way that it happened? No. Yeah, no. I'm not either. I mean, here, here's the way I look at it. You dominated twenty-eight to three. Should have been like forty-eight to three, right? If we're being real, and so I, I don't really. I mean, missed points, whatever. It didn't. It, it, you know, obviously, yeah, that sucks, and you can't do it against Clemson, but you can do it against every other team, right? To me, it was great. If you're Dave Dorn, you saw your team dominate a good football team for three quarters, and then you got served a piece of humble pie in the fourth quarter right. as well, and you know, for the next two weeks. At, at People are just going to be talking about how good NC State, especially fans. I don't think national people are really on the NC State train yet, especially compared to what it was like last year. But NC State fans are just going to be talking about how good this team is, how you've got a chance to beat Clemson, how it's going to be a huge game and all this. Dave, And, you know, you don't want the players to get full of themselves and think, oh, man, look at us. Now, if you're Dave Dorn, all you got to do, if you see somebody who thinks, like, oh, man, look at us, that fourth quarter was terrible. Right. You almost lost the game that you completely dominated. So, to me, you dominated for three quarters, you got some humble pie, and you still won the game. Right. That's pretty good. Usually when you get your humble pie, you lose. Yeah, it just goes to show, like, how because State was able to get that big enough lead that even though all those mistakes they had in the fourth quarter, which good news is they're all fix obviously fixable mistakes. It's right. not like Boston College started outplaying State. State just made a few yeah. mistakes that they shouldn't have made or don't, no, don't normally make. And especially with the bye week, there's a lot of opportunity to fix those going down to Clemson. And the defense the defense gave up 16 points, which is phenomenal. Yes. Take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, even without A.J. Dillon, I mean, it's still – I'm pretty sure they've held every team under 20 points. At least on offense. Well, Yeah, and two sp- they've, there's a special team score in the Marshall, Marshall game, game and, and in this one. Yeah. Or Virginia? Oh, Virginia, I think they had 21. So under twenty one points. So under twenty two points. That's still yeah. really, really it's good. Still really good, regardless. Especially how teams seem to be scoring in yeah. college football, yeah. NFL football, high if school you, football. Here's the way. I mean, we'll big picture. If NC State can hold a team to under thirty points, that's a game you should win. Yes. Okay. Anyway, back to what went wrong. I agree with you. I thought it was all just just things. It was just sloppiness. And like I said, I thought they, I thought they got bored and were just like. Man, we're up 28 to three in this game. It should be 48 to three. Whatever. Let's just chill, man. And Boston College kept playing. Got to give them credit. And they took advantage of state sloppiness. The defense. 
I mean, I didn't I didn't have any big issues. They uh they gave up some plays, but I mean, right. That, that's not really a concern to me considering how dominant they were the rest of the game. You you d can't expect a team to hold any team to 3 points. So, to me, Boston College scoring two touchdowns, no issue with that. And then I think they may have gotten tired on the second drive because they had just been out there. Right. But, I, I, you know, I'm not concerned. I, the fourth quarter does not concern me about the defense. Um, what else? Ricky Person had a fumble. He's a freshman. Freshmen make mistakes. You, that's just what you live with. That's, that's why you play freshmen. Because, A, they've earned the right to be on the field, but they also make mistakes because they haven't been out there for two or three years. So, yeah, everybody fumbles the right, football. I mean, exactly. Ryan Finley fumbled the football. Yeah, he got not his this fumble. game, but he has fumbled. Yeah, he got he he fumbled. It happens. Yes. Uh, Thayer Thomas, to me, just look. If you tell if if Thayer should know, and I mean, I assume he does, or whoever your punt returner is, if we're are we going for the punt block or are we setting up for the return? And if you're going for the block, you're you're. Uh, returner has got to know that. Yeah. I assume he did know. I don't know. I mean, he's a freshman as well. Maybe he was just made a, a mistake um, and didn't call for the fair catch. But right. NC State went all out to block that punt. There was nobody back there to block for him. He didn't have a chance. Right. Easy, obviously, easily should have called for a fair catch. But it's a learning lesson. It's right. not. Yeah. Sent him out the next punt, and he was fine. Right. right. Steph, I think especially for those two players – uh, Ricky and Thayer, they just seem to show yeah. uh, maturity on the field. And for them to make mistakes, it's obviously, like you said, a learning experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect to see either of those no. happen often, obviously. And, uh, you know, that's like that's something you can get away with in high school. If Thayer doesn't call that fair – if Thayer has the same play in high school, doesn't call a fair catch, he can probably get away with it. Right. Can't do it in the ACC, and that's something you've got to learn. Um. The punt block, that was a bad play. Yeah, I it, watched it a couple times and just didn't know what to think. Yeah. Just all around. It was it was a bizarre play. I don't I don't know about the formation to begin with. I but I'm it not a weird. special it teams was, expert. So. No, I, yeah, I'm not either. It just seems like this is a prime opportunity for B C to come and block the punt. Right. And I think Dave Doran took responsibility for it afterwards and said we didn't have the punt block team or the I don't know what you would call it. The, the protect, the protect formation, team. or yeah. maybe I don't know. It they did, didn't. Yeah, that that second line. I'm looking at it now. It just looked like a couple missed blocks. I mean, you know how they set up that second line called the wall that defenses can't jump over. Yeah. Um, it just looks like some missed blocks. I mean, I I think the wrong guys were out there. That was the problem, and they were in the wrong spot. And that's on the coaches. And it shouldn't like. That's just. Not a concern to me. And the other thing that I saw somebody point out was, like, it looked like the blockers were set up for a rugby punt. Yeah. But A.J. Cole just stepped right into it. So the blockers were moving one way while A.J. Cole was stepping into his punt. And um, Well, I did know, notice A.J. did attempt that rugby style earlier in the game, which I don't think I've ever seen him try. Do you remember that? He kind of ran up at it and kind of poked it. It's still a great punt. It was a 48-yard punt, which one of the best of his season. Yeah. Um, but normally A.J. is a more, like – Typical, I don't know what, traditional punter. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. But it did seem a little uh, confusion just all yeah. around on that play. So, But, I, I mean, I, do you agree with the fact that that's not really a huge issue? That's, that's something definitely something that they've probably already fixed and will continue and to work on. It. Yeah, exactly. So the, the problem with me in the big picture of the special teams is why is A.J. Cole not 
better this year. Does that make sense? I have noticed that I feel like last year he was punting much better. And, so. and maybe, you know, maybe the pressure of, you know, whatever got a shot at the NFL award he year. won last year or right. something. Or so. I think the NFL is probably a bigger deal than that. Right. Um, you know, maybe he's got that on his mind. It just seems like you've got a senior punter who's been good for three years. Why is he like that? That should be a weapon. And it hasn't been a big deal because State's punted like 12 times. Right. So when you're punting two times a game, man, what you know, whatever. But at the same time, like that's something you can improve on. And obviously having a punt blocked is a big, big issue. But Yeah, I remember last year where flipping the field on special teams was huge in a couple yeah. games. I think when Naheem downed that ball against, what was it, Clemson inside the one? I think it was I Louisville. Feel like, or Louisville, yeah. yeah. Okay, I was about to say or Louisville. So yeah, um, but games like that where they were able to down opponents inside the five and make them drive the length of the field. Yeah, and like you said, we've only seen twelve punts, so we haven't seen enough. Where obviously where it hadn't really mattered um, to be a big deal, and I think continuing into ACC play, we'll start to see some of those. But I think that like that's something that could be a difference against Clemson. Right. Like if you're NC State, you need every advantage you can get. That's right. And, you know, your senior punter, you should rely on him to be able to make a play, even if it's just punting, you know? I don't know. The other thing about special teams, and it wa it wasn't an issue in this game, but it has been, is the kickoffs. I knew you were going to say, like, kick coverage on yeah. kickoffs. Um, yeah, this game was much better. It was better. But I, Clemson has a different level of athletes right. than every other team. And you're putting athletes out there, if you're Clemson, uh, well, every team. Right. You're putting athletes out there who probably aren't playing a whole lot the rest of the game. Right. That is their chance to make a play. You're kicking the ball to a five-star, you know, whatever, freshman from wherever, who probably runs like a 4-3-40. Please do not tempt him to return a kick for a touchdown. I was about to say, I wish uh, State just on every kickoff through the end zone every time I'd – Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. And so. I get why they do – I get why they don't do it. I get why they try to pin them inside the 25. Sometimes you can get them 17, 18-yard line. But more often than not, it's somewhere between the 20 and the 30. Right. And is the four or five-yard difference – not even four or five-yard difference – is a two or three yard difference that big of a deal in the yeah, grand scheme of the drive? I don't drive? think it's worth it uh, to give up a kick return. I think yeah. Marsh Marshall had two past the forty. I think James Madison had one past the thirty or forty. So. Yeah, and I feel like there's got to be some analytics. Like, what are your odds of pinning them inside the twenty-five versus giving up a return past the twenty-five or like a big play? I don't even care. Like, when they're returning the kick, I don't even care. Like, tackle them inside the 40, and I don't care where it is. Like, just don't let them get past the 40. And that's kind of where I'm at with the kickoff team, honestly. So that's not good. But against Clemson, and here's my thing with special teams. You can't win a game with special teams, but you can definitely lose it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, State can't afford to give up a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown in Death Valley. No. Like, I mean, no. Marshall and Boston College, that's two. And I don't think State can afford to give no. up anything in Death Valley. Yeah, so. and that's the thing with touchbacks. If you kick the ball out of the end zone, deep enough in the end zone where they have to knee it, you are guaranteeing that you don't lose the game on that play. Right. 
Make, There's no way you make can the other lose team a game drive 75 yards and score a exactly. touchdown, and everyone can live with that. The coaching staff, the fans, exactly. But if you give up the kick return, I just, I mean, and here's the thing: if you're Clemson, like, and you want to try to do that, I get it because you have better athletes on the field than the other team. Right. But NC State is playing walk-ons or redshirt freshmen or young players, backups who are in the two deep. And they're just not as good as, you know, Clemson's five-star third-string running back who's returning kicks. That's my thing. And it's just you're just begging for them to lose the game. And I don't – I you know, it just can't happen. Right. That's, that's, that's my end of the rant. And it hasn't happened yet. i got to give credit. But I just have a bad feeling about a kick return. Yeah, special side. teams have to be on – I don't know how to say on point. So on point. I mean – I, I don't even think they need to make be on point. Just make your field goals. Don't give up a big return. Don't give up a block. That's my thing. I'd call that on point. So yeah, I mean, even if you give up, if you give up a 15-yard return, that's right. fine. Yeah, you know, but that's where I'm at. Just don't lose the game on special teams. It happened in the last two years. Um, I don't know. Anything else from the game? I don't think we talked about our boy Ryan Finley yet. Yeah. So. I mean, what is there to say about him? He's pretty great. I mean, just two two bad passes that yeah, that everyone that throws bad passes. So That I think first one was weird. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, I think the person who's most frustrated, though, is going to be Ryan Finley. Yeah. So don't and expect to see that happen again. He struggled last year against Clemson. I mean, Boston College as well. So maybe it's just sometimes you don't play as well against other teams. Right. And really, he had those two picks, and then after that he was fine. He was totally fine. So, so – I think his best pass of the season was the touchdown pass to Harmon. He got the safety yeah, just that was a great he got throw. the safety just to play honest enough where he could squeeze that ball in there right over Harmon Harmon's shoulder, right in the numbers. I mean, it was the best pass of the season yeah. by far. So we'll talk about the Clemson game next week, but Yeah. I'll just say this. If I'm NC State, I'm going into that game and I'm winning or losing that game with Ryan Finley, Kelvin Harmon, and Jacoby Myers. Right. 30 targets between those two guys. Got to have it. You know, Reggie Glassby's fine, whatever. Emeka Amezi has had a good start. Steph Lewis is a senior. Jacoby Myers and Kelvin Harmon are the dudes who can win you that game. Yes. Get get it to them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about that next week. Um, Jermaine Pratt. He's the guy that can win the game for you on defense. He looked like a guy to me, especially when the rest of the defense was kind of lagging. He he looked to put the team on his back and was like, we're not losing this game. Right. And that that fumble recovery was huge. Um, yes, the refs should have blown the whistle, yes, but they didn't. But they didn't. I don't know if you saw this. Boston College's official account tweeted after the game. I didn't, so It was me. something like our forward progress was stopped. I it was. It wasn't. It was really close. I don't think it ever stopped. It was inching from where I was standing. It was inching forward the whole time, and yeah. the whistle was never blown. And all of a sudden, Jermaine Pratt had the ball. Yeah. And as a review official, what do you do about that? You like make nothing. up an imaginary whistle or say yeah. I don't know what. So I don't even know why they reviewed it. Right. But anyway, back to the Twitter account. Why are you blaming? You didn't show up in the first three quarters and you got absolutely just smoked, and then. You won the turnover battle four to one, and you're gonna blame it on the refs who didn't call a. Not to mention they scored a touchdown what two minutes later on the block yeah. punt. So so that was whatever bad Twitter. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, anyway, that was a great play. And if you go back and look at the play, it's kind of weird because, like, everybody else was around the players just kind of sitting there like, yeah. And I know the Boston College coach, Steve Adazio, was upset, but that play could have gone one of two ways. And there was a much better chance of that play getting pushed into the end zone for a touchdown than it was of for being a fumble. Right. So, you know, if you're Boston College's coach, sure, I think they should have blown the whistle too. I'm right there with you. But at the same time, it goes both ways. You score a touchdown, you're loving it. That's right. But if you fumble. That's football. It's football. Yeah, Pratt, 13 total tackles. Uh, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, he's I think I, I heard some I heard some people who thought he could be a first rounder. Some some people who work with the football team thought he could be a first rounder after this year. Like they had heard from scouts that Pratt could be a first round guy. If that was true, if NFL scouts were looking at him as a first round guy, has that at all changed this year? I mean, he's getting better as the game goes. Yeah, he's definitely getting better. I, I thought he really impressed me last year also. Yeah. I hadn't really heard he much of best. him before last year. He was State's best linebacker last year. Yeah, and he's just playing playing, playing great. Uh, obviously, great play by the front four to pick up their blocks on run plays mm. so that linebackers are open to, to go find the running back, and that's obviously what Pratt's been doing on run plays, just spying the running back and finding a way to get to him and bring him to the ground. Um, but that front four also playing really, really well. So yeah, who's um, what did you think of the crowd? I like to be wrong better. sometimes. I know last week I said it was going to yeah. get worse because it was fall break. No, I thought so too. I think selling tickets in the end zone was a huge boost. Right, and it seemed like both end zones. That was interesting. Did they you did sell that? tickets in both end zones? <laughs> and then I don't think they sold all the tickets in right. the end zone by the Murphy Center. Though I was about to say there were students mingled with. With adults. With, with not adult. students yeah. over there in the end zone, and that yeah. was very interesting. I'm but sure the adults weren't happy about no. that, but oh well. At least the crowd looked good. I no I noticed that down in the big student section, we ran out of seats because yeah, that's good. the stragglers started standing in the aisles, and law enforcement kept asking that's them fine. to move. So That's fine. They usually leave anyway, and then people can fill in. Right. So I don't, I don't feel bad for them at all. Um, so, yeah, crowd was a lot better, stayed mostly into the fourth quarter. Right. Um, I think so, I'm sure some people left when it was 28 to three. Uh, also, it wasn't as hot, which helped. <laughs> right. The the cloud cover really helped because the sun came out with what three yeah. minutes to go, and the then of the all game. of a sudden it yeah. was hot again. So. Yep. So that was nice. Um, let's do some awards. Let's do it. Offensive uh, player so far, best R offensive player. I think Ryan, Ryan Finley. Finley. Yeah. yeah. I I I'd, I'd go Harmon. Um, okay. I mean, to me. I, I talked about Pratt being a first-rounder. To me, if you're NC State, you got three first-rounders. Ryan Finley, Jermaine Pratt, Kelvin Harmon. Agreed. And I've, I've thought Kelvin Harmon was a pro since halfway through his freshman year. I mean, he's just unreal. Right. You can play perfect defense against him, and it doesn't matter. You have no shot. And, um, you know, we'll see. I think, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, NC State needs a megastar in the NFL. Right. Phillip Rivers is a great player, not a megastar. Russell Wilson, you could argue, is a megastar or close to it, but he doesn't claim NC State. And honestly, I don't claim him either. But, um, you know, somebody like Bradley Chubb or Ryan Finley maybe. I The problem is, and Kelvin Har I would throw Kelvin Harmon in there too because I think he would have a, he has the chance to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's not a prima donna. Are you a star wide receiver in the NFL if you're not a prima donna? I mean, I don't know what prima donna means, but... Uh, like, all about yourself, like, flashy look at me, oh. like Odell Beckham or, 
you know, somebody like I that. I ha- obviously haven't seen that from Harmon at all yet. No, he's not like that. he a junior? Yeah, he's a junior. Um, so he, like, he, he could be a great NFL wide receiver, but I don't see him being an NFL megastar. No. Like an Odell or Cam Newton or an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. That's probably a good thing, though. But it, I think I'm for saying him. it would be more. Yeah, I'm saying it would be more publicity for NC State. Well, yeah. Anyway, um, so he'd be my MVP. Who's your defensive MVP? Oh man, you could go a lot of ways with this. You one. could go a lot of ways. I mean, it's got to be Pratt. I think Pratt. it has to be Pratt. Yeah, I man, it's tough because. It's tough to pick one because you got Nick McLeod and Chris Ingram who have locked down the corner spots, which were huge question marks right. coming in the year. Isaiah Moore has locked down the second uh, linebacker spot, and Laurel Murchison has locked down uh, the fourth spot along the defensive line. And then you've had some backup backup defensive linemen who have played well. Right. It's tough to pick one. I think I'd go McLeod. Okay. Um, you know Pratt's a great choice. But in terms of most important, I think State could replace Pratt easier than they could replace uh, McLeod. But, you know, I think Brock Miller and Lewis Asus, who are the two backup linebackers, you know, I think you're comfortable with what you've got with them because they've got some game experience. But behind McLeod, eh, Yeah, you know. Mc- McLeod this season has taken a big step, in my opinion, from last season. Yeah. Last year, just a few too many breakdowns. And he was guarding, obviously, top quality receivers. Seemed like one-on-one a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But this season, I mean, I think he's been playing outstanding. And you're going to have your your missed coverages. Every team has that, and we've seen them. Um, but you just can't give up too many out in state. Obviously, you hadn't given up too many to lose because they haven't lost yet. So great play from all the secondary so far. Yeah. First-year player, Tanner Engel, Lynn McNeil. I mean, Chris Dunn's really the easy one. But right. I mean, I, I've i been really impressed with Ingle, even though they've been kind of seem like. I think I'd go with him as well. Yeah. Yeah. Seemed like he, he wasn't starting, and then he won the job, and then Stephen Griffin and Freddie Phillips have been coming back in and out. So. But I they're think just trying they to like see what works the best, I think, so far. I think they like Griffin in passing downs. More okay. Yeah. And Ingle against the run. Agreed. Um, And personally, <laughs> I like that too. Um, But a Lynn McNeil, man, that kid's going to be a beast. Right. And. um. I'm not sure if many people know this. He played linebacker in high school, <laughs> and now he's a 300-pound defensive tackle. That's crazy. So that shows you what he can do athletically. And, um, you know, he's shown real flashes, obviously. He's getting he's getting about 30 snaps a game, I want to say. Um, and he's just done everything you can ask for. Step right into the rotation. Uh, a couple sacks, a couple ta- TFLs. Um, and even when he doesn't make plays, he's making – he's – He's making something happen. Right. Uh, surprise of the year. Oh, we forgot Ricky Person for re- for. F- I know you didn't mention Ricky. I, I was like, are we him. just on defense? So Ricky's. No, been I mean, he. Well, he's Ricky right sat there. out two games, so. Yeah, and he really shouldn't have played against JMU either. Right. Um. Yeah, Ricky's tough to pass on there, but um, he's been great as well. Uh, all right, surprise of the year. Oh man. It's tough. I don't really know. I I I go uh, I go off the board. I'll go Justin Witt at right tackle. Haven't okay. heard a, a peep about him because he's doing his job. Right. And uh, you know Tyrone Riley switched from defensive line to offensive line, and a lot of people thought he would get a lot of playing time, but he hasn't because Witt's done a good a good job, and um, he's really he's really solidified himself over there and done it done a good job. And what was a big question mark? Will Richardson was a beast right. last year. Um, so it's hard. For, I mean, 
I, I kind of expected a lot of what we've seen, so it's hard for me to pick a surprise right. player. I mean, Reggie Gillespie maybe, you know, maybe one of the freshmen, Ricky Person, uh, Mc, Nick McLeod maybe. Chris, well, Chris Ingram would probably be another one. I don't know who you were going to say. I mean, I was it was going to be really tough, but I was going to add on, like you said, you knew it. We knew what we were getting at every position for the most part yeah. besides the offensive line. We didn't quite know what to expect. And they've been playing just as good, if not better, than last year's offensive line. That was spectacular, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, oh, they were incredible. Yeah. And that offensive line right now is playing the best in the conference. Um, yeah. The run game's starting to step up. So the offensive line's obviously developing. Um, yeah. I don't know how many, what, two new players up there? Yeah. Skullthorpe right just got right thrown guard. into the Well, Skullthorpe played right? last year, yeah. Okay. Um, it seems like they've got a six-man rotation, and they rot rotate Skullthorpe at the guard spots. Um, State's in a great position. With they're, they're about to lose three starters, but you've got Skullthorpe ready to step in, and Witt and Fed Jackson on the right side have done a good job. So, um, other other guys. I mean, Isaiah Moore has done a really good job. Right. He, I guess technically he's a newcomer too, but he redshirted last year, so he was still on the team. Um, he's done a great job at linebacker. Um, I've been really impressed as a whole with the secondary. Uh, yeah. I said it in the preseason episode that if State wants to win, be competitive, the secondary's got to play really, really well, and they're playing really, really well. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So we're sitting here at five and zero. Expectations the rest of the year. We know the West Virginia game. I think I said nine and three at the beginning of the year. Now the West Virginia game has been replaced with ECU. So that kind of changes things a lot, obviously. Right. So you had eight and four. Was that correct? I think I had eight and four. Yeah, I think so. And I wish I could change my answer, but I like to, like well, I said, I like to be wrong sometimes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll adjust it. I mean, what you know, five and zero. Oh, I guess we're not technically at the halfway point, but you know, sitting here at the bye week, you know, what do you expect the rest of the way? What would be what would be a what would be a disappointment, or what would be exceeding expectations? Exceeding expectations is to win out. Yeah. A disappointment would be three losses. I think one and one loss to Clemson and maybe even a second to – Maybe one other. I don't know about Syracuse. They did not play well this weekend against Pitt, I don't think. And Florida State's starting to play better. Um, so maybe one of those two. That would be one loss is obviously realistic. Two is still you can live with. Yeah. I mean, going what – how many games? Six that and two in and the two. conference. Six and two, and they see any years normally really good. So, yeah. three though is a disappointment with the teams I'm right on there the schedule. With you. I'm right on right on board with you. This this team should not lose three games the rest of the way. No, that would put you at nine and three, which would be a good year. And obviously, I predicted nine and three before, but man, with the schedule, the way it's turned out, I I can't believe Clemson went to Wake Forest and beat them by sixty. I mean, I was not expecting yeah. that. No, so. I wasn't either. I didn't watch the game, though. I didn't watch it either, but I saw I the score. I'm pretty sure it was at noon, right? So It was 3.30. Oh, it was at 3.30? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's tough. But, hey, maybe Clemson did not get their piece of humble pie, so maybe they're, maybe. Ready. Maybe they're ready for it in two weeks. We'll talk about the Clemson game next week. Initial thoughts on the game, just real quick. I mean, State's going to have to play, obviously, their best game of the season. Yeah. They're going to obviously have to win the turnover battle. Special teams going to have to be on point. I'm going to start using that on point. <laughs> um, and Ryan Finley's got to do what he does best. I so. feel like saying State has to play their best game of the year, I don't feel like that's out of reach. I don't think like State would be playing their 
I don't think State needs to play way over their heads to beat Clemson. No, but each game it seems like there's one or two mistakes that can be cleaned up, and doing that would obviously make it their best game of the year, in my yeah. opinion. So. Yeah, I agree. I got a weirdly good feeling about the game. Maybe it's just because I'm an optimist, but I have a weirdly good feeling about the game. I think it's a good matchup for State. Clemson's secondary is not good, and I feel like if you can kick it through the end zone, don't lose the game on special teams, and feed Jacoby Myers and Kelvin Harmon. Clemson will have no answer for them. I don't care how many four or five stars they got. That's it. We'll talk about it more next week, obviously. Um, but I agree with you. Ten and two, six and two. Anything less than that would be a disappointment. Yes. I mean, it feels weird saying that. Right. But if you're sitting there at ten and two, even eleven and one, what do you think? Okay, let me ask you this. Better chance of going twelve and zero or nine and three. Ooh, that's tough. Or I guess tough. eleven and zero in the ACC championship game. That's very tough. So I'd say eleven and zero. Eleven and zero or nine and three are those my options? Mm-hmm. It's got to be eleven and zero. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. And and what helps state and you know people always talk about the frustrating losses. What helps is having a how old is Finley? Like twenty four years old. Right. That I think helps. this is sixth season on a roster. Yeah, so he's like twenty four. Right. I think that helps so much. Yes. And um, he's a great leader to have. But I guess we'll see. So, I mean, what do you – okay, so I said what are your – what would your expectations be? Let's wrap it up with what do you think will happen the rest of the way? One loss. I think so. I feel so – I feel. I said that I feel weirdly good about it, but I still think State loses somewhere along the way. You know what's funny? If they w- if the one loss isn't in Death Valley, they still go, they to, still the go to the championship game. game. I I said I feel weirdly good, and if it was right now, I would pick State to win the game. We'll see how I feel in a week. A week's a long time. Yeah, it is, <laughs> especially when you're w- – especially your bye week. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I'd, I'd have State 10-1 and one and 7-1 and one as well, but I feel weirdly good about beating Clemson. So who's the loss? And, and I'd probably go Syracuse. Uh, right after? Yeah. A little letdown game? I mean, that would be a big game for Syracuse. Yeah, it would. I, I mean, Syracuse is – is. I, 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 I'm I, torn. I just – I don't think we should lose to Syracuse, and I really don't think we will. But are we actually going to go 11-0? That's where I'm at, you know? Like, even if we beat Clemson, I'm not – I wouldn't have much faith in us in – I would have a lot of faith in us going to Syracuse even after beating Clemson. But we – I I mean, 11-0? Right, I mean, no, I don't – how so old do you have to be to see a team that went uh, – State's never had a team go 11-0, so. Well, the best team school – the best team in school re- history was 11-3, and three, right? Was that the Rivers team? Yeah, I think so. So, we only State's only gone over 10 wins once, so the Rivers team. Yeah. Never undefeated, but they did start that season, what, 9-0? Yeah. Something crazy and then lost all these games in a row, so. But we'll see. I'm, we're not going to predict the game now, but no. I'm just saying I feel weirdly good about it. That's what the history books are for, to rewrite them. Yep, there you go. And Dave That's Dorn's great. building that a new tradition at State. So I love it. I love it. Um, anything else? Nothing else has really been happening. I mean, Jermaine, Jermaine Pratt's not satisfied with 5-0, and so. No. No, neither I, is. That, that real, to me shows maturity and seniority. Yeah. I think he's, he's a, a grad student. Leader. So When's the last time? Well, I guess you have Chubb, but. I mean, he's – I just feel like he's such a great leader. Yes. And, um, you know, obviously I, I overlook Chubb, but 
in terms of leadership, I don't know that Pratt wouldn't be better than Chubb, but there's no there's no way for us to know that. No way. So, so. that should do it. You got anything else to add? It's a bye week. Sit inside in the air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Sit around and watch some football. I love home games going to Carter Finley, but I love away games too because yes. you sit on your couch and watch football. That's all day. right. I don't that's mind noon games if they're away. I can get up before yeah, noon. So. Exactly. So that's what we'll be doing this weekend. And uh, we'll probably talk about some other teams next week. Be sure to check in for that next week's episode of The Howler. And uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.